Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers. I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers. This is your first time being in a drive-in worship service. I want to let you know that our governor's guidelines uh, for doing these services is that we just stay in our cars. You know, you can't get out, shake hands, and do things like that. Uh, I know that's hard for us Christians because we love each other and we, we love the fellowship with each other. But uh, I tell you what you can do, though. You can wave at the people on your left and right. So go ahead and do that right now. Just wave. Wave at the cars to your left and right. Yes, there you go. Let them know you're there. Now, those of you on this side, I want you to honk your horn at these folks. And these folks over here, honk your horn at these folks. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes, we welcome you. Thank you for being with us this morning. This particular service today, though, uh, we're calling this particular service a through the flood service. That's what we've called this service today, a through the flood service. And I did that for two reasons. Number one, many people have been facing difficulties one after another. And it feels like they've been in a flood. It's just wave after wave. Uh, the enemy has hit us physically. He's hit us spiritually. He's hit us emotionally. He's hit us financially. He's hit us socially. He's hit us mentally. It's like wave after wave after wave. It's like a flood. And so we're calling this a through the flood service. That's one reason. The second reason I'm calling this a through the flood service is because those of us here today at Raven Assembly, we have been through two floods in two months and we're tired of it. Yes, we are. We're, we, are, we are tired of the flooding. And, uh, you know, the first flood we had was back in February. It caused $250,000 worth of damage to our church and our sanctuary in the building. And then uh, the coronavirus hit the United States. And then the restrictions came on the churches. And then the second flood came the day after Easter. We were flooded again. This one wasn't as big. But what it did do is uh, what repairs had been done. Uh, we've now got to start over from scratch. And so we have made no headway as far as the repairs go in the church, as far as building it. Uh, and so we haven't been in our church since February. I know a lot of church pastors are freaking out right now because they can't get in their churches. Well, uh, we haven't been in ours since February, so I know how you feel. But I want to say this to you. You will make it through. God is with us. Amen. He is with us, and He's going to sustain us. And the thing is, though, we have to get past the idea of church being about a building. The church is not a building. It is a body. It is the living, breathing body of Christ that is touching the world Monday through Saturday. That's what the church really is. And if you're saved, you're part of the body of Christ. And then when we do come together on Sunday, whether it's online or in a picnic shelter or however you're doing it this morning, what we do come together on Sunday is we come together to refuel so we can go back out and do it again this coming week. Amen. That's what church is really all about. And it's part of the body of Christ. But I want to share a verse with you today. It's Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. For those of you who are going through a spiritual 
flood or an emotional flood or a financial flood or even a physical flood or, or a health crisis, whatever it is, Isaiah 59, 19 tells us this. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, that word standard in that verse that standard means to chase the enemy away. Hallelujah. My friend, when you're tired from the battle, when you're weary and worn from the struggles of life, I want to tell you the Holy Ghost will chase the enemy away from you. He will refresh you and he will refill you. Does anybody believe that? Anybody need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost today? Hallelujah. He's going to bring you through the flood. Yes, he is. And he's going to refresh you and refill you today. Hallelujah. You know, the devil has hit us. He has tried to stop us, but the Holy Ghost intervened, and we're still standing. We're still here. How many of you are still standing? Hallelujah. How many of you are still here? Praise the Lamb of God. And so in this through the flood service, we're going to make the devil wish he left us alone. That's exactly right. We're going to make him wish that he had left us alone. That's how you get revenge on the devil. When he brings something bad your way, you use that as an opportunity to get closer to God than you've ever been before. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, just go after God with everything in you, and he'll make, you'll make the devil wish he left you alone. Hallelujah. Because God loves turning the tables on the devil. When you read through the Bible, you see story after story, example after example of how God turned the tables on what the devil meant for harm. When God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. Hallelujah. You see, the devil's plan was to burn them up. But God intervened and delivered them. And the end result was the king and every person in Babylon saw there's no God like Jehovah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God can take what the devil's sending your way and he'll turn the tables on the devil. You know, when Daniel was thrown the lion's den, the devil thought that Daniel would get eaten alive. But God turned it around. And the end result, when God delivered Daniel from the lion's den, the king made a decree that everybody in his kingdom, 122 provinces, would worship the Lord Jehovah God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, friends, whatever you're facing today, God is going to turn it around for your good and for his glory. Hallelujah. And in both those situations, with Daniel... And with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in both cases, the righteous were promoted and the wicked were destroyed. I want to tell you this morning, there is a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Hallelujah. How many believe that today? There is a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Yes, there is. In fact, that's the title of this message today, The Difference Between the Righteous and the Wicked. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a chapter that I have been looking to for the past month during this pandemic. It has brought such strength and help to me, and, and you all have heard me preach from it many times over the last month. I've quoted from it many times. I want us to go back and look at it again. I want us to look at the first eight verses from Psalm 91, verses 1 through 8. It goes like this. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. 
Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the grievesome pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. The psalmist David here, says in these verses that God is our refuge that we can run to. He is a mighty fortress that you can depend on. When the enemy's coming against you, you can run in that fortress and find safety. That he is our shield of protection. He is the most high God. And we don't have to be afraid of the terror by night. We don't have to be afraid of the arrow or the weapon that flies in the middle of the day. And we don't have to worry about the pestilence or the diseases that are around us. What he's saying is this. We can trust in God's protection. Hallelujah. And do not fear what comes our way. Because brothers and sisters, when you stand in faith for God's protection... David said, you may see those around you fall, but it won't come near you. Hallelujah. You will see that there's a difference between the righteous and the wicked. In fact, in verse 8, verse 8 is really what I want to focus on for this message today. Verse 8, look at it again. It says, only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. David listed all the blessings and the promises that the righteous can claim because they're following God. But he also says, with your eyes shall you behold the reward of the wicked. That tells me that God can make a difference between the righteous and the wicked. That there is a difference there. Let me remind you of what the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus. That when the Israelites were in Egypt in bondage to slavery to Pharaoh there... That God sent ten plagues upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians. The first three plagues also affected Israel. The first plague was when the Nile River turned to blood. That also affected God's people. The second one was a swarm of frogs. There were frogs everywhere throughout the land. That also affected God's people. And then there was a swarm of, of lice that came. And that also affected God's people. Now many of you listen to me today. You're following God. You're a Christian. And you're suffering today because of what's going on in the world around you. What well, God wants me to tell you today to hold on. Just hold on because there are times when God's people have to suffer with the people of the world because of what's happening in the world. But I want you to hold on because there is a difference between what the righteous go through and what the wicked goes through. Because the next seven plagues were only on the wicked. The next plague was the swarm of flies that came throughout the land. Then the, the plague hit the cows and all the cattle died throughout the whole nation. Then everyone was stricken with boils and sores on man and all the animals were stricken with these. Then the next one, a big plague of hail came and destroyed their crops and their food supply. And then a swarm of locusts came throughout the land and devoured whatever was left. And then the next plague was total darkness. 
You see, these people wanted darkness, and so God gave it to them. And so they were in total darkness. But the people of God, they still had light. But the people who were wicked, they were in total darkness. And then the last and tenth plague was the death of the firstborn child in the families. Now the last plague, God's people had to do their part. They had to put the blood of a lamb on their doorpost. And when they put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, their family was spared. Brothers and sisters, if ever there was a time when we need to have our families covered by the blood of the lamb of God, it is now. Anybody covered by the blood of Jesus, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Covered by the blood. Hallelujah. You see, in the Old Testament, a lamb would be sacrificed by the high priest and its blood would be sprinkled on the altar to atone for the person's sin. In the New Testament, Jesus was the sinless, spotless lamb of God who shed his blood on the cross to forgive the sins of the entire world. You see, it's the, in both the New Testament and the Old Testament, it was the blood of the Lamb that determined the difference between the righteous and the wicked. And the same is true today. It is still determining the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Now, that's the Old Testament. When you look at the New Testament... Jesus talked about the difference between the wicked and the righteous many times in his parables. Now, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He did this several times. And first, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Jesus said in that story, the field represented the world. The wheat were the children of the kingdom, while the tares represented the wicked people. And so instead of immediately removing the wicked, because Jesus said that would actually harm the righteous people. Now, how would that harm the righteous people? You know, if you've ever wondered, well, Lord, why doesn't God do something about all the evil in the world? Well, you need to read the parable of the wheat and the tares. It's found in the Bible in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, if I uproot the tares, the wicked, then I will also hurt the righteous. Now, you might be thinking, well, how will that hurt the righteous? I'll tell you why. Because many of us today who are Christians, we have lost loved ones. Some of you listening to me today, you're married to someone who is lost right now. Some of you have children and grandchildren and brothers and sisters, moms and dads who are lost. And God knows if he were to judge the wicked right now, if he were to take the wicked right now and send them to hell, that would hurt the righteous. And many of the righteous people will become disheartened because we love our lost loved ones, don't we? And we're praying for them to be saved. And so Jesus said, instead of immediately removing the tares... He said in Matthew 13, 30, he said, let both grow together until the harvest time. And the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but then gather the wheat and place it in my barn. You see, on judgment day, the righteous and the wicked will all stand before God and accounts will be made and settled. And my friend, everything will be set right. Justice will prevail on judgment day. And on that day, if you are covered by the blood of the Lamb, He'll look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But my friend, if you are not saved, if you're not covered by the blood of Jesus, He will look at you on that day and say, depart from me. I never knew you. My friend, you don't want to hear those words and so there is a difference between the righteous and the wicked Jesus goes on to explain in the parable of the sheep and the goats 
That's found in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, And before God shall be gathered all nations, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now, as you continue to read that story, I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase it just for time's sake, but I encourage you to read that Matthew 25. As he continues to tell the story, the criteria for the separation between the sheep and the goats is the way they treated the poor on earth, the way they handled the hungry people here on earth. The way that they visited those in prison or they didn't visit them. Those who visited the sick and the homebound or if they didn't visit them. And that's what the criteria is to make you either a sheep or a goat. Because brothers and sisters, there should be a difference between the way the Christians treat people and the rest of the world treats people. There should be a difference when it comes to God's people. We should love our brothers and sisters. Can I have an amen? Can I have a honk today? Hallelujah. I know some of you are facing cancer right now, but I want to tell you that cancer has to bow to the name of Jesus. There is no name above the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And God knows those who belong to him. I said God knows those who belong to him. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes back to this earth to take his church to heaven, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, and there's going to be another difference between the righteous and the wicked. He says this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. When Jesus comes back to take his bride to heaven, there will be another separation between the righteous and the wicked. Did you catch what it was? You see, the righteous will be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And even death won't be able to hold us back. He said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those of you who have have lost loved ones to death, they're going to rise first. Hallelujah. They went ahead of us, and they're going to go ahead of us in the rapture. And then we which are alive and remain, who are righteous, will be called up to meet the Lord in the air. But the wicked, listen, the wicked will go through the great tribulation period on the earth. They'll be left behind. And so there is a difference between the righteous and the wicked. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know if you're ready to go to heaven or not, if you don't know if you are righteous or if you're wicked, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Doug, I'm trying to be a good person. It ain't about being a good person. It's not about trying harder. The question is this, are you born again? Have you committed your life to Jesus? Jesus Christ, because that alone is what makes the difference between the righteous and the wicked. It is the blood of the Lamb that makes the difference. And so I shared all these examples with you because if God made a difference between the righteous and the wicked in the past, and if He is going to do it also in the future, I believe that He can also do it right now. Now, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Doug, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, this past week, the president has empowered the governors 
to soon begin lifting the restrictions from the COVID-19 as they see fit. Brothers and sisters, if God made a difference between the righteous and the wicked in the Old Testament, and he's going to make a difference between the righteous and the wicked in the future, I believe we need to seek the Lord now for his favor to come upon the righteous now so that when they begin lifting the restrictions that God's people will rise up and make a difference in our land. I wish I had a witness in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want them to see the church as essential. We want them to see the body of Christ as essential that we can bring the healing hands of Jesus to the drug addict. Do you realize there are people turning to alcohol and drugs right now during this pandemic because they think there's no hope and there's no help? I want to tell you today the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus makes the difference and you can become righteous today and he can heal you and deliver you hallelujah we want God to make a difference today you see my friends we're not focused on ourselves we want America to be saved we want America to be healed we want America back can I get a witness we want America back hallelujah can I get a praise hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah now if I was a prosperity preacher I'd look in the camera and I'd say, now send your best offering right now and God's favor will come on you. Hallelujah. But you see, friend, it don't work that way because I'm not talking about money. I want you to notice the difference between the righteous and the wicked has nothing to do with money and has nothing to do with earthly things, but it has everything to do with righteousness and sin. That's how you make the difference. That's what makes the difference. Hallelujah. It's the righteousness and also the difference of sin. It's what's in your heart that makes the difference. And only God knows what's there. And by the way, it's not our righteousness. It's God's righteousness. It is the blood of the Lamb that makes us righteous. Hallelujah. Now we've been here, we've been dealing with the coronavirus a lot. And they've come out with a name for the coronavirus. They call it COVID-19. And what that means is, it's just kind of a shortened form, it's just another term for coronavirus. The CO in COVID-19 stands for corona. The VI stands for virus. The D stands for disease. And the 19 stands for the year it started, which was 2019. Because the coronavirus started in China at the end of 2019 and then moved around the world. So COVID-19 is simply another way for the coronavirus. But I want to show you something. God showed me something this week. God gave me a new meaning for COVID-19. I want to share that with you today. Is that all right? I want to share with you the new meaning for COVID-19. Now the CO in COVID-19 stands for Corinthians. The VI is the Roman numeral for six. The 19 is the verse number. So if you turn into 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the verse says this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what is coming against your body, because if your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it ain't just coming against you, it's coming against Almighty God, and God's going to fight that battle. Woo! Hallelujah. 
I'm about to run off. I might fall off this thing. I hope not. But, uh, but now here's the thing. But that, I thought, thank you, Lord, for that. But then I said, but Lord, there's a D. There's a D in COVID-19. So it doesn't really quite fit. And then God said, the D is the verse section. And he reminded me that in Bible college, they taught us how to preach expository sermons by dissecting scripture verses and breaking them down into sections A, B, C, and D in order to preach them more effectively. I'll give you an example. John 3.16. We all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you were to break that down in sections, it would go like this. John 3.16a... For God so loved the world. Now think about that for a moment. Just stop. That's the point of expository preaching. Break the the verse down into sections. Stop and think about what it's saying. God so loved the world. That means when God looked at the lost condition of the world, He wasn't moved by anger. He wasn't moved by condemnation. He wasn't moved by judgment. He was moved by love. And His love caused him to do something which brings us to section B. Section B says that he gave his only begotten son. My friend, God's love for us caused him to give. Because you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Hallelujah. And God gave. And God did not give the least he had. He didn't find some limp-winged angel in a corner somewhere. No. He gave the very best he had, his only son, Jesus. You know, the hallmark slogan is, when you care enough to give the very best. Well, let me tell you, God did it first, and he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Because he loved you that much now section c of that verse says that whoever believes on him will not perish that means if you believe on anybody else if you believe on buddha you'll still perish if you believe on muhammad you'll still perish if you believe on krishna you will perish but if you believe on jesus you will not perish hallelujah praise the lamb of god hallelujah And then section D of the verse says this, but you will have everlasting life. Jesus is the only way to heaven and he's the only one who can give you everlasting life. Now there's a four point expository sermon broken down on John 3, 16. You young preachers out there, y'all take that and preach it like it's supposed to, all right? But that's what they taught us in Bible college. You take a verse and you break it down in sections. So now, COVID-19, the CO stands for 1 Corinthians. The VI is the chapter 6. The D is the verse section. 19 is the verse number. If you look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19, section D, it says, You are not your own. Did you hear me? It says, you are not your own. 
Well, what does that mean, Pastor? I'll tell you. It means that's the difference between the righteous and the wicked. The main difference is the righteous has someone else holding the title deed to their life and he can heal the coronavirus. He can make the devil flee because you're not in charge. He is. You are not your own. I wish I had a witness in here. You're not your own. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Hallelujah. You see, if you belong to yourself, that means it's up to you to save yourself. That means it's up to you to heal yourself when you're sick. That means you got to deliver yourself from trouble. That means that you have to fix your own broken heart and you have to mend your own broken family. Oh, but my friend, if Jesus is your Savior, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. He owns the title deed to your life. So you give your problems to Him. He's the owner and He's better. He's the best landlord you'll ever have. Hallelujah. He can pay the rent when the rent comes due. He can protect you from a pandemic. Does anybody believe that? Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, 16, He said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. The only reason we're saved is because Jesus chose us. Are there any chosen people here today? Anybody glad you're saved? Hallelujah. You see, when you're chosen, it means you're living for a higher purpose. That you're not living, you're not leaving this earth until God is through with you. Because you are not your own. Somebody else holds the title deed to your life. And no matter what disease comes your way, you're not going anywhere till God is through with you. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, again, John 15, 16, he says, I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. You see, he chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And he has ordained you to bring forth fruit and that your fruit will not dry up and wither, that it won't go rotten. You see, the devil may try to shake your family tree, but your fruit is going to remain. The devil will try to shake your ministry, but your fruit will remain. The devil may try to shake your finances or your health, but your fruit is going to remain. He may flood your church twice, but your fruit will remain. I wish I had a witness in here. Hallelujah. You're going to prosper. God says you're going to prosper. And then he goes on to say that whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. All of that comes because you were chosen and you are not your own. My friend, when you're chosen, you've got access to things that other people don't have access to. You've got a heavenly backstage pass that whatever the Father has, you are entitled to through Jesus because you're a joint heir with Christ. Hallelujah. You can go in the throne room boldly and receive grace and mercy in your times of need. Why is that? Because we are not our own. You belong to Jesus. So now whenever I hear COVID-19, I really hear 1 Corinthians 6:19d, and I say, I am not my own. Hallelujah. And you're not your own. Praise the Lamb of God. And the thing is, when you're not your own, you have a different identity than the people around you. You have a different identity. And sometimes your new identity can cause conflict. Oh, yes. 
Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 19, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You have a, a new identity. And sometimes that new identity will cause problems for you because you don't blend in with everybody else. You're different from everybody else. You know, Peter, the apostle Peter, he denied his identity three times. When Jesus was on trial before they crucified him, there was a maid that came up to Peter and said, you're one of Jesus' disciples, aren't you? And Peter started cursing, saying he didn't know Jesus, denying him. He, what he was doing is he was denying his identity. He was denying that he knew Jesus. I wonder how many times do we let the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus slip by and pretend that it never happened. My friend, when we do that, we deny our identity. We try to hide our identity. But Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 33, that whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father in heaven. My friend, listen, listen close. You and I, you may never deny Jesus with your lips, but you can deny him by your actions. When you go along with what everybody else is doing around you and you don't do anything, you don't tell them that what they're doing is wrong, you're denying them by your actions. Or you can even deny Jesus by your silence. I know people who shout to the Lord in church but then pretend that they don't know him when they get around their friends. My friend, you have a new identity. And don't you be ashamed of your new identity. You stand loud and proud that you're a child of Almighty God because my friends... Jesus said, if you deny me, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. It's a serious thing. And as Peter was denying that he knew Jesus, if you read the Gospel of Mark, if you read Mark's account, in the Gospel of Mark, it, it says that God allowed the rooster to crow once to warn Peter to stop before it was too late. But he didn't heed the warning. He kept on. He denied Jesus three times. And then the rooster crowed the second time. You see, when God sees us going down the wrong path, He'll put up roadblocks and warning signs along the way to try to stop us from going that direction. He'll warn you ahead of time when you're going down the wrong path. You see, friend, we need to stop denying our identity. We need to realize we're never going to fit in with the world. So we need to quit trying to please everybody. Listen, if God can't please everybody, you, need, you can't do it either. So you just need to stop trying. Just take a hold of your identity in Christ and say, I am not my own. I'm bought with a price. Lord, I'm going to stand for you. And when you stand for Jesus, He'll stand for you. Yes, He will. Hallelujah. If you focus on the problems surrounding you, you'll live in fear and discouragement and depression. But when you focus on Jesus, you can say, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Does anybody feel that way? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're surrounded by God. Why? Because I am not my own and you are not your own. Hallelujah. Therefore, when the devil comes in like a flood, you can throw your hands up and say, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles because I am not my own. Hallelujah. The battle's not mine. It's the Lord's because I am not my own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, COVID-19 stands for 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19, section D, that says, 
You are not your own. And my friends, that is the difference between the righteous and the wicked. It all depends on who you belong to. Hallelujah. My friend, God is going to separate the righteous from the wicked. That judgment day is coming. But right here, right now, you've been given an opportunity by God to hear the gospel, the good news, the truth. And it's not about goodness. It's not about you being a good person. It's not about your goodness. No, no, no. It's not about my goodness. The question is, are you born again? Are you covered with the blood of the Lamb? Because that, my friend, determines whether we are righteous or wicked. This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.